we talk about psychosomatic things. Mm-hmm. Well, I think everything is psychosomatic because our <laughs> consciousness is so intertwined with our physical body. Greetings, my dear listeners. Welcome to Painting Pictures. I am Gabriel Roberts, and today we have a very special guest. This is a first, the first female guest on Painting Pictures, the first uh, podcast recorded in person, not on the road, so sound quality is pretty good. Uh, Although, I gotta say... I'm afraid I was a bit of a noob and didn't talk into the mic directly, but my guest did, so that's the important part. Her name is Lucy Roberts, and she and I are siblings. She's my older sister. She's about 30 years old. Well, exactly 30 years old. Well, you know, 30 years and however many months. Lucy is a fitness and health guru. She has been studying and, and refining her knowledge of, of health and fitness. Um, she's been an athlete, uh, competed at the national level in rowing and cross country, and has won numerous triathlons. And she is a yoga instructor and Pilates instructor and a hell of a cook. She is the one who invented veggie burritos for me. If I've ever made you veggie burritos, Lucy's the... Uh, Progenator? The progenator. <laughs> I don't think that's the word. The genesis. The originator. The founder. I'm sure people made veggie burritos before she did, but not like not like her. She makes these collard greens with raisins, aka raisins. Uh so good. Anyway, Lucy and I talk about food a lot and nutrition and so this is going to give you answers to all your questions about fermented food and grains and veganism and organic and all those buzzwords you hear. Um, I, I'm just going to tell you that what she says is, is true. Just go ahead and trust her. If you've been wondering, if you've been wondering who you can trust when it comes to uh, nutrition and health, well, you found her, Lucy Roberts. Um, what else about Lucy? She is a traveler, just got back from five months in Southeast Asia, and before that, a year and a half in Wellington, New Zealand, and next up for her is Montreal in the great country of Canada. So I'm really excited to share this conversation with you, and I hope you enjoy. The website for the podcast is GabeRobertsArt.com. And the email for the podcast is GabeRobertsArt at gmail.com. 
So now, uh, please welcome my dear, beautiful, sparkling, talented, fast, flexible, healthy, uh, funny, um, all sorts of good things, sister, Lucy Roberts. Well, here we are, Lucy, in the backyard. Yes, we are. Welcome, welcome to Painting Pictures. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for taking the time to come on. Mm-hmm. Share, uh, share a little bit with our, with our listeners. My pleasure. It's always fun to talk about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> Your thoughts. That was a that's a classic uh, Lucy line from from dinner table is let's talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> I that. Well, today we can do that mm. as much as you want. Okay. I want to just set the scene here. It's uh, we're in the backyard. It's in the afternoon. A little bit of a breeze. Mm. Probably it's like seventy-five degrees, something perfect like that. You can hear the birds. Gorgeous blue sky. Mom's taking a nap. <laughs> Chase long. <laughs> some clothes on the line. Some fresh uh, bales in the garden. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty nice, pretty nice scene. It is. How does it feel? You've just completed a bit of a whirlwind tour. I don't know if it's a whirlwind tour. You guys took took some time in some places. But you, the last time you were here was two years ago. Mm-hmm. In the U.S. of A. Yes. And then, so what, what, just, can you briefly tell people, like, what your two-year adventure sure. has been since then? Yeah, it was two years ago. I left with my partner to Wellington, New Zealand for a job that he had got to there. On the Hobbit, mm-hmm. um, and we were there for a year and a half. Traveled a lot while we were there. Explored New Zealand. Took a a camper van trip around the South Island. Mm-hmm. Some of you guys got to come visit, which mm-hmm. was really cool. I was I was one of those lucky visitors. Mm-hmm. And then after a year and a half, it felt like about the time to head on out. Eric's workload was pretty intense, and um, we were ready for another adventure. So we left from there for a trip through Southeast Asia. Yeah. Uh, and got to take about five and a half months of just traveling. Right. I think longest we stayed in one place was probably five days. Okay. Um, and a lot of slow travel, so buses and pickup rides. Right. Uh, and boats, no, a lot of boat uh, travel. No, well, maybe a few flights. Yeah, like to Indonesia and stuff. Yeah, getting in and out of Indonesia, getting to Myanmar, you have to have mm. a flight. Actually, I think there's some border land. There's a couple of land border crossings, but they're pretty heavily regulated and you mm-hmm. need special visas. So, a lot Myanmar, easier to AKA fly. Myanmar, Burma, exactly. Burma. Yeah, yeah. So then. You come back to the house you grew up in. It must feel kind of like a, a time warp or something. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Because you come back here and there's like, you're studying, so you have classes yeah. that you're studying, but it's online. Yeah. And I'm just hanging around. Yeah. <laughs> the day mom's just hanging around. Dad's hanging around as much as, as, much as he yeah. can. Yeah. It really and feels like such a treat. It's good. strange in that I don't really have real responsibilities at the moment besides a few a few deadlines. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have a need for... I'm not in like the money-making business mm-hmm. at the moment, which I think is a very... And I haven't been for this whole last six months, you know? Right. And that is a really interesting way to be. So I feel yeah. like my needs have lessened a lot in terms of... Um, just things and stuff. You haven't gone shopping yet. You've been back. A food shopping. Food right, is one thing sure. that I, I would I mean, you shop like, until kingdom come. I love buying food. But you have your little travel wardrobe plus what a few things. Yeah, that, that were we left had here or that you had shipped ahead. Both. Yeah. yeah both. Yeah. Yeah. So feel rather unattached, but at the same time um, content to to be for a bit so yeah time warp is a good way to describe it it's a little mm-hmm. bit of a limbo zone but mm-hmm. not in a not in a bad way at all would it be it's nice to then also kind of have a an end point to it oh yes right? it is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a point out I, there in the I future where you know there's something else coming yeah yeah I think I don't I, most people probably and myself definitely function like that I like yeah. having some kind of defined space and time it helps me appreciate the moment the present moment a lot more yeah um so knowing so my date is june 21st that i'll be flying back to montreal and getting things going over there so knowing that i can relax and think wow what can i do here like get as healthy as possible take advantage of the pool yeah enjoy my time with you guys yeah Record yeah. some podcasts. Record some podcasts. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? How having um, something f- a little further down the line can can change our appreciation of, or it's almost it 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 allows you to relax if you like. In this yeah. case, if you know that you don't have to necessarily make something happen or or. F- um, Right. There's nothing in particular that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess it, it eliminates the fear of just like uh, atrophying or languishing. Whatever <laughs> yes. comes from yeah. not knowing that something's going to change. Or yeah. Right. If I didn't know that I was going to yeah, be starting somewhere else well I think my focus would be really different you know I'd be looking at building community making yep. contacts yep. Um, getting some teaching you know sure. stuff going sure. and and for this short of time it doesn't really make sense to mm-hmm. do that and in a way um, that's kind of a treat because yeah. when else do you have that um, yeah permission really given to to not be doing that but on the other hand um i still need a little bit of structure and things going on so trying to find that balance sure yeah i i do too i hear you on that i do a good job of that so you've um you've really devoted yourself to the whole uh health and fitness um 
world or approach or right for the past however long few years it seems that's yeah. been kind of your passion yeah. you and you you look great well, you're feeling you. good you're healthy <laughs> your body doesn't have any pain or any really no lingering injuries or anything like that no i was a little worried while traveling there a couple of times that i thought i was gonna die <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> and i'm a bit of a i don't know if i would call it a snot but i always like pride myself on being really healthy and yeah, fit and resistant like or yeah. resilient is sure. a better word um so traveling it was interesting in that i got sick away uh, oh. more frequently than eric did and i started right. to feel a bit like a weakling like not knowing what was going on with me but That's um right. i forgot you had a couple bouts one yeah in Myanmar, right? two in Myanmar. Two. yeah and Damn just it. one was a really violent kind of food poisoning episode that mm. then lingered for a few days. And then the other one was just uh, this general, like I was nauseous, didn't want to smell anything, couldn't think of anything I wanted to eat, and it just sapped my energy um, while I was wow. there. Which I think is probably pretty common, you know, for traveling. And we were eating yeah. all kinds of street food and, um, uh, you know, just going for it, basically, mm -hmm. fresh vegetables, bring them on, tomato sure. salads, um, and could just have overdone it. But That's the risk, I guess, with um, buying yeah. markets or whatever. And I know, and that's the hard thing, because that's really the fun part about traveling, too. Yeah. You know, you see, and this is what locals are eating, so you want to yeah. try it out as well. Otherwise, you're stuck with um, pretty poor like western food imitations that right. you know aren't what you want to eat anyways so do you think you've got it aside from you know exotic parasites or illnesses you feel like you've got it pretty well figured out in terms of like what's good for you to eat and what isn't and like what's a good balance of strenuous exercise versus rest yeah that. that's something that I think for myself I have gotten to know my body to the point where I know what's good for me what's not when I'm feeling up for you know high intensity when I need to take it easy mm -hmm. um, when I need to dial back sugar when, <laughs> you know that's maybe the main one um, but yeah, I think I've gotten pretty in tune with what my body is. Is there a specific, like, sh too much sugar feeling that you get? Oh, yeah. It, get, really? it will be a little bit of a beginning with sore throat feeling. Oh, Jesus. Do you get that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much the... Do you ever get, like, little, uh, little like, sores oh, on the side of your mouth? Not so much there, but definitely the sore throat feeling. Yeah. But that, that could be part of it as well. I mean, we all have probably different... Reactions. Reactions, yeah. But um, that's a key one for me, and I'll notice notice it pretty quickly. That, and if I've been drinking, when we were in Montreal with, with the Frenchies, drinking a lot of wine and <laughs> eating a lot of cheese. Oh, yeah. I start to feel that as well. But it's amazing how quickly then it goes away. I haven't actually sure. descended into being sick from it in a long mm. time. So when you catch that quickly and then correct... And give yourself some really like grounding, um, you know, meat and vegetables type of food. Mm -hmm. That sleep. and sleep. That's key. Yeah. Then it goes away pretty quickly. So yeah. I'm th thought maybe we could do like a quick uh, rundown of some buzzwords. Oh, that's a fun food. idea. And you okay. can just kind of give me your take on them. Okay. Cool. So let's start with veganism. 
<laughs> Veganism, yes. You've experimented. We both we had a brief experiment uh, inspired by Alicia Silverstone's <laughs> Kind Diet book. Yes. We I remember we had Earth Balance Butter. This is when yep. we were living in San Francisco. Yep. And I was all on whole wheat. It wasn't completely gluten free, but I was all on whole wheat tortillas and pasta. Yeah. Uh, Brown rice. Milk, so no dairy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, veganism. I think there's a lot of great things. What I loved about that book of hers was the focus on like, preparing your legumes, your grains well, you know, soaking mm. beforehand, mm. Um, doing everything to increase their digestibility. Uh, the idea being that we want to make things really easy on our digestive system. Chewing your food completely before you swallow. Right. Um, and then all kinds of nice vegetable dishes. So vegans yeah. do can do that really well. Yeah. Um, okay. I think it's going to be lacking now a bit in some key nutrients. Lacking yeah. now? Mm-hmm. Um, now I think that it's oh, lacking. Now Me it's... personally, yeah. 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 So what? tell me about that. I think that you miss out on a lot of the really essential um, fat-soluble vitamins that you cannot get from just um, plant sources. So there are some key things that we need from, say, grass-fed butter or mm. grass-fed beef um, that are you wouldn't really be getting. vitamins? Yeah, B vitamins would be one. Um, vitamin A, vitamin K, mm. those are all ones that... Now, what if you... Can you just fix that with supplements? With supplements? You could, probably. Um, but I think a, a lot of food is... It's absorbed better if mm. you even look at it in a real food form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then, <clears throat> off of that, well, let's 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 come back to that to a mm. more in-depth one. Uh, how about organics? How important is it to eat organic food? Um, I think that. That's one factor to take in consideration uh-huh. when you're getting your food. Uh-huh. I'd say going a step beyond that and just keeping an open eye out for kind of the whole picture when you look at the food you're getting. Like where was it grown? Where was it coming from? How fresh is it? If it's an animal, what was it eating? You know, those mm-hmm. are all questions that um, beyond just kind of blindly going with an organic label. Right. I think because there's tons of organic processed food out there that is, you know, just junk food that's been repackaged and marketed towards us. So I think it's good to be a little wary of organics as a new buzzword. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Um, Fats. Fats. Love the fats. (laughs) What's it? There's a book, Eat Fat to Be Lean. Fats are coming back in style. And interesting they ever went out a style i've always loved butter i think our family really likes butter so we had yeah. a good <laughs> appreciation <laughs> butter and olive oil for when uh-huh. we were young um but coconut oil another great one uh-huh. yeah you know they um are so important when you think about all of the membranes you know that surround the nerves and our brain mm. um used to make a lot of the hormones in our body um, fats are really crucial yeah uh, raw foods raw what's up, foods what's up with raw foods I always think of like really 
<laughs> a little bit wild-eyed, <laughs> skinny folk. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Raw yeah. foods, probably with, with like a strong with scent. Birkenstocks, and yeah, yeah, which is unfortunate. But um, I think there's a yeah, place it's for like that. Tahini, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's probably a balance. Like, there's definitely some enzymes that, you know, crunching on a raw celery stick you'll get that you won't get if you cook it. If it's cooked. Yeah. Right. Um, but then there's also some people for whom that wouldn't be at all appropriate. You know, if you're having, if you have a, a kind of compromised digestive system for whatever reason, which a uh-huh. lot of people do, and then they think, oh, I'm going to be really healthy and just juice or eat yeah. raw foods. And their body isn't able to absorb the nutrients effectively, so they can end up actually malnourished. Jeez. Some people really need warm, cooked um, food yeah. when they're in kind of a healing state or a, a sure. compromised state. Do you think that that's a seasonal thing, too? Do you think that wintertime... Yeah. That was something. Totally was that Alicia sense. Silverstone? That I think like, that was Alicia Silverstone. I wanted a mango in New York City yeah. because I was on some crazy diet. Like, yeah, right, because she has started was. out as just a raw, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So totally makes sense to eat seasonally and eat with the seasons. In winter, you want hearty, warm stuff. Because our body does change a little bit. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Puts on... It's on a little bit of holiday weight. <laughs> <laughs> right, which could just be kind of natural cues of, of hibernation. You know, yeah. back in the day we were storing up our fat to last us through the lean period. Problem being, we never have that lean period <laughs> <laughs> right. these days. Um, so. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, fermented food. Mm. I love fermented food. Yeah. I feel like, are we playing like word association? Am I supposed to come back with one like quick word? Oh, <laughs> if you are. Yeah. Kimchi. Um, yeah. I've been loving dad's kimchi. Yeah. He makes a mean kimchi. Yeah. We call it Kim Lee. Kim Lee. His name's Lee. <laughs> uh, sauerkraut. I was playing with kombucha back in Wellington before we moved. Um, really? Yeah. I had the scary looking scoby I just uh, saw a friend post on Facebook that he was moving or he had a scoby to, to get away. rid of or something <laughs> like little pets yeah what is it what is it so a it's a oh, let's see if I get this right it's a it's a combination of some type of bacteria and some type of fungus I wow. want to say um, and it just forms it looks like a a UFO almost um, or a mushroom is another thing people have called it uh-huh. and I think SCOBY stands for something yeah yeah symbiotic I don't know anyway so it can get fairly large and these like little goo and tentacles kind of come down for it if you've gotten a, a jar of kombucha before sometimes you'll see floaties yeah. in it some yeah. people are really bothered by those those Eric being little... one of them, <laughs> I would want it. Those are little out. scoby remnants. Yeah, scoby remnants. Scoby flakes. So it um, it just ferments off of this kind of sugary tea that you feed it to start, um, and then you take the scoby out carefully, strain what you've got of the kombucha. You can do a second fermentation, add in a little fruit juice or fruit, and it gets fizzier. You know, as it feeds off a little bit after, more sugar. This is, so yeah, once the scoby isn't taken so out, gone. but it's a pretty. But then you, but then you immediately want to put the scoby back in another batch. So it's it's mm. a 
That's one of those like things that <laughs> I don't like to be out in the open. No, no it to be it working. Little, it's a little pot. So you, it's a little bit high maintenance. Wow, you know? that is you got, so. You have to switch it, and if you keep it for too long, then it's going to get, um, you know, maybe too fermented, uh-huh. too strong of a taste, uh-huh. and vinegary. Right. Um, so yeah, but it was fun to play with, and it's delicious. You can flavor it how you want. Where'd you get your scoby? I got mine from my friend Tracy Eve, who she and Tim, her hubby there, were known, apparently, that's what she said for her, um, they're like super strong scobies. That <laughs> <laughs> so their scobies would, uh, would do the trick no matter what. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's so, so she gave magical. It to me, like a little sounding. pet. Right. Yeah, it's cool. It's a neat. So what are the benefits of, of fermented foods? Well, it's a great source of B vitamins, speaking of B vitamins, and they're also a probiotic. Mm-hmm. So all of those little healthy um, bacteria, basically, that you get from them help recolonize our gut. Um, mm. And you need a certain balance of, of good bacteria in your gut for optimal health. Wow, and can you uh, can you get more more of that bacteria, or does it uh, is there anything other than fermented foods that promote it? I mean, you can buy um, just probiotics to take. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, whatever strain lactobacillus. There's all different kinds of them, and is that they can kefir come in. stuff? Yeah, or yeah, sometimes? kefir. Um, that is probiotic as well. Yeah. Um, so different ways of taking it in. Fermented foods are, I think, one of the best. Yeah, um, seems like it. One of the best ways, yeah. And then what would happen if you, if your, if your little bacteria got get out of whack or, or depleted? Yeah. So a lot of times, what happens? Um, say, you know, when you take antibiotics, doctors would say, oh, you should eat some yogurt if you're going to be on a long antibiotic cycle. Right. Um, so that was kind of the old school way of. Compensating? Of compensating, because when you take an um, antibiotic, it's killing everything, you know, so kind of indiscriminately destroying this delicate balance. Um, I'm not, you know, an expert on this, but there's a great book, if anyone listening wants to read it, called The Body Ecology Diet by Donna Gates. And she was one of the first people who started looking at a variety of symptoms, so skin issues, fatigue... Um, you know, run-of-the-mill stuff all the way to autism, to irritable bowel syndrome, and linking all of those back to a candida problem or candida overgrowth. And um, that is basically just when the balance in your gut gets disturbed and candida, which feeds on sugar, Mm. so a specific type of bacteria, takes the upper hand. And she estimates that a very scary percentage, like the majority of people in the Western world, walk around with this due to our stressful uh, lifestyles and relatively high sugar intakes. And this can be as pervasive as if a mom has a candida or, or, you know, pregnant woman um, candida in her system it can do things to the fetus. Whoa. And there's looking at links between um, kids with autism oh and gosh. the state of their mom's yeah. uh, bacteria in her small intestine. Wow. 
it's really interesting stuff. Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of kind of research around that right now. That's but pretty a pretty recent book. That you know, she I would say that's probably a good ten years. Oh, wow. She's been around for a while, doing it for quite a while. One of those <laughs> things where the picture on her book <laughs> and on her website is of a very young lady but she's no longer so young and I guess it's just decided not to update it yeah. which is a little bit funny but she's she's a cool lady um and you can yeah. buy even like body ecology starters for kefir she's a really big fan of kefir coconut kefir young coconut kefir of making your own fermented foods and then um of eating pretty much a gluten-free um now here's someone who does also mostly cooked um dark green vegetables, uh-huh. low sugar, all stuff that just helps support your system um, without feeding the candida. The, the candida feeds on, on gluten as well? Well, gluten is um, Yes. No, gluten is more because it promotes, in most people, an inflammatory response. Uh-huh. Um, so also wanting to just lower inflammation in the body. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's a big one. Yeah, it's it's neat. It's cool stuff. So anyone, I mean, even fungus issues, that's a kind of candida. Um, like in your tunnels? Yeah, right? I mean, it's anything that's on your body is kind of, it's got to be systemic in some way, mm. like inside your system. Um, so the idea of healing from the inside out, that from your diet, that would eventually get to whatever outer manifestations of the problem you right. see. <laughs> Um, yeah. You hear the ice cream truck? I do hear the ice cream truck. And some screaming children. <laughs> Good old suburbia. I'm glad there's still kids here in the neighborhood to go out. Yeah, mm. right. There must be some if that guy's coming around. Mm. I don't remember ever buying... I don't know if I ever ice cream, buying from, the ice cream, ice cream man. from the ice cream man. I remember buying it in quotation marks from the pool when we oh worked there. Oh boy, yes. yes. <laughs> I'll put a dollar back in for oh this ice boy. cream stickers bar. We were definitely running a deficit yeah. on the snack bar. Yeah. What a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Give these high school students responsibility. This is a public pool that we worked at. We got to go buy the candy. That's right. right. That's right. I forgot that. Yeah. And I don't know if there if Take was, inventory. <laughs> if there was any inventory, it was pretty sketchy. It was. <laughs> and then I think we were supposed to maybe get one per shift. Oh, uh, was maybe? there? Or maybe that was just a policy, that we, <laughs> an internal policy that we adopted. That we should get at least one. <laughs> uh, sure. I don't know. Yeah. That was a really fun job. That was a fun job. I look back at um, lifeguarding and swim lesson mm. teaching and think that was about the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, so off of that, um, animal protein and fertility. Oh, that's an interesting one. I remember you saying something about it being important when you're sort of in developmental age to get some animal protein for your reproductive Health? Yes. Yeah. Is that um, true? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is good for me. Just so everyone knows, I'm actually studying all of this stuff, but still at the point where a lot of it is kind of soft science in my head, and the facts of remembering 
the oh, details yeah, might sure. not exactly be there. But I can give you what I think off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, great. And then we can look up like resources afterwards. But, um, yeah, so a lot of our vitamin A, for example, um, I believe is one that is found in red meat, particularly organ meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is critical for developing something um in our body along with vitamin k that's another one um and then for some important minerals um there are really only a few good animal sources for them um for example getting your um zinc levels Mm. zinc uh oysters are really good source Mm. of zinc I think you can also get zinc from some nuts and maybe legumes, but it's in such minute proportions that you'd have to eat a ton of it um, for it to do any good. Don't you love when you hear, like, one of those figures around that? Can you imagine, like, this mountain of peanuts that you'd have to eat Uh, to get, like, instead of eating one oyster? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I always think of some very dedicated vegetarian out there shoveling it (laughs) (laughs) no but I think that's a big one I mean I I was pretty into the whole kind diet thing and then I remember a friend of mine saying like just like it made her upset when she read it because she was Mm. like this is bogus like I you need some protein like Mm -hmm. and I was like no you can get it from the grains and out and it made me upset that she was upset (laughs) but um I think that's kind of that's kind of a big one because there are a lot of yeah. young people that it's probably maybe one of the first times in history or mm, in a long time that all these young people are like going full on. I think they're doing a really good thing by yeah. doing it. Yeah, and that's kind of sad if you're affecting your. I mean, maybe you feel your okay, potential. But if, yeah, for, for having healthy kids. Yeah, no, that's really really true. Um, I'm sure there are tons of super healthy vegetarian couples vegetarian babies probably but yeah i think you have to really know what you're doing and for the amount of work to make sure you're getting these specific nutrients that could be saved by just going and getting yourself um you know a grass-fed piece of beef you know or some good liver every now and then um yeah it's gonna be a lot easier to do it that way yeah well that's oh last one uh grains an old paleo diet what are the your primal th- diet <laughs> is that what it's refers to yeah, yeah. Or the primal lifestyle, primal lifestyle. yeah that's How a big you... one right now yeah it is we have a nice book on on paleo yeah stuff. some delicious i mean i'm kind of like i'm kind of torn about that yeah i mean people um part of me thinks that anytime we just go cutting out whole sections of food um you could be missing out on something mm-hmm. um, but on the other hand their their perspective is that well we evolved to eat very specific types of food and grains are not one of those you yeah. know except for maybe some seeds that we gathered right. um, along the way but anything that we cultivated our bodies just aren't really prepared to handle and there is a lot to that in terms of if you think about grains um they want to survive to be planted and grow so they are coated with Mm. some pretty tough um protective 
things that turn into anti-nutrients in our body if we don't properly prepare them. So these phytates. Um, What's an anti-nutrient? An anti-nutrient is anything that binds to other nutrients in your as it's being digested and takes it out of your system. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so some of these will strip you of other vitamins or minerals as they make their mm. way through. Um, so that's why you know a great way to kind of turn off those inhibitory factors is just to soak your grains or soak your legumes you know usually 8 to 12 hours everything's a little different and if you add a little bit of lemon juice the um, citric acid is supposed to help with that as well mm. so that's kind of the proper soaking way mm. yeah so paleo I think I think there's a lot to it I think yeah. if you don't want to go to the trouble of preparing all of your grains um, maybe lightening up a little bit on the grain focus is a good idea sure. um, and focusing on healthy fats protein and vegetables is yeah. wonderful yeah. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't cut out grains and legumes altogether you know yeah um, let's take a quick break what are you saying yeah something that bothers me and maybe it shouldn't the other day I was down at the river here in Sacramento and I was working on a painting and I heard coming down to the water behind me a couple or two people a guy and a girl walking a dog and the, the guy held the dog's leash and when they got to the water's edge the dog was pulling on the leash trying to get into the water and the girl said, oh, he wants to swim. Or he wants to swim? And the guy said, I think he wants the geese. Now, there were no geese in the river. I turned around and I checked. There were ducks. But there were no geese. Um, and I think you should know the difference between geese and ducks. You're an adult. You, this, these people were in their 20s at least. Now, I can't say whether or not she knew that those were ducks, but if she did, she didn't say anything, which I think she should have. <laughs> uh, maybe she didn't want to hurt his feelings, but it wasn't like these were quasi-duck geese. These were like mallard ducks swimming the water. They were not geese. There are some ducks, and I don't know if they're geese. They're, like, really big and white, and they have, like, really big uh, kind of reddish bulbous beaks and big old feet, and you might be able to mistake those for geese, or maybe they're, they are geese, but they look like ducks. These were mallard ducks. They were not geese. If you're 20-something years old, uh, you speak English with no accent. Obviously, you've lived here for probably your whole life uh, in a place where there are both ducks and geese you should know the difference you know what are we teaching our kids in schools these days and you know maybe I should feel sorry for this person and you know 
feel sympathy for them, but I don't. I, I really don't. I feel like they should know better. So, uh, don't call a duck a goose. These are the things that bother me. These are the things that bother me. Maybe they shouldn't. Maybe they shouldn't. But these are the things. These are the things that bother me. And we're back. Same spot, different chairs. Just to st- I like this one. Yeah? Yeah. You see I put that board there? It's yeah. kind of a hard surface, but needed a little something. Yeah, that's good. I was just thinking on our break that it's pretty incredible. You know, you listed maybe six or seven kind of buzzwords on different lifestyles, philosophies, way to eat. Ways yeah. to eat. And there's probably another handful out there. Yeah. So how are we supposed to know what to do? Yeah. You know? And it's such a basic thing, but it's also such a critical thing. And the, the unfortunate thing is, is that while we're trying to figure all this out, we're also being marketed to mm. um, in the midst of it. Yeah, and no one's telling us what to do except the people that don't have our best interests in mind. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you wonder how anyone ever, like, makes it out of the grocery store, you know? Like, I I'm know. sure there's tons of internal conflict going on just as people shop, do their shopping, like, oh, well. Yeah. Am I supposed to have this? And I thought, oh, I was being uh, low-fat before, but now, you know, I heard that, that full-fat is actually really good for you. Yeah. And, um, well, yeah, some would say that the, uh, well, Miles would say that the, the lack of culture is yeah. the problem. And in the past, a strong culture has a very strong food culture that doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of science behind it, at least not that the people are aware of. But, but there actually is some there, and that they've been doing it successfully for generations. Yeah, like Italians can be healthy and eat a lot of pasta yeah. and drink a lot of red wine. Yeah. No, it's so true. What's that? There's the um, the island uh, Corsica. Corsica is that the one with a really high number of um, centenarians there? Right. I don't know if it's Corsica. I remember. I. I, I it's uh, one of those islands. Yeah, and you know the unique um, array of factors that have helped them become that way. And really, it seems like more important than diet, it's actually their social structure. Mm. You know, so if we kind of take a broader perspective, we can eat the healthiest diet imaginable. But if you're living a very high stress life, if you're isolated, if yeah. you're disconnected, um, you're you're not going to be healthy. No, you know? I remember you saying something about um, the, the different psychological states that affect your body's state. It was around stress and it was around like being in the fight or flight mode and like people trying to lose weight yeah. but never getting out of that Yeah, mode. yeah. One of my um, 
heroes is this lady called Dr. Libby Weaver, and she's Australian, but actually lives in New Zealand now, and I got to go hear her speak, um, and she's written two good books on that subject. So one's called Rushing Women's Syndrome. Rushing women? Yeah, like the rushing woman uh-huh. um, of today's society. And the other one is called Accidentally Overweight. And they both speak to, and this applies for men and women, but for women especially, you have a bit of a double whammy happening where um, you've been told to eat less and exercise more uh-huh. uh, if you want to lose weight. Uh-huh. <laughs> and both of those, eating less and exercising more, if you are in a stressed state, are just going to put you further down the hole Yeesh. and set up conditions that make it biologically impossible for you to lose weight because your body is getting a message that it's in a stressful situation um and there's just not yeah there's no way so it's pretty so that it has to store up right yeah so it has to well it has to protect so the body's protective um hormone is cortisol and it pumps out cortisol in stressful situations. And in the past, if we had a stressful situation, it was a really quick, intense episode. That's the fight or flight idea. And then it went away. And we went back to um, a more relaxed state. But now, most people have low-grade stress from the time they wake up and realize, oh God, I slept through my alarm a little bit, and now I'm gonna be late, and they're sitting in traffic, they know they're gonna be late to their meeting, and they're getting more and more stressed the whole time um and then it doesn't end when they get home no because that's the time where they have to make up lost ground and get the exercise done yes oh do i go to the grocery store to get groceries to make dinner if i do that i'm not gonna have time to go to the gym and really in that kind of situation what women and anyone needs to do is i'd say sleep is number one yeah. Um, and relaxation, probably just in the form of anything that gets you to do some nice, deep, relaxed breaths. So whether that's just lying on the floor of your room with your legs at the wall and doing some belly breathing or some gentle yoga, um, yeah. that is going to help you lose weight because you're switching off the, the sympathetic nervous system and activating the one, um, the parasympathetic nervous system. And they can't coexist. So it's either one's on and the other's off. That was the idea. Sympathetic nervous system. So the sympathetic nervous system is what we um, activate to to do things, you know? So even uh, just like walking around, you know, you have to use some of your sympathetic nervous system. But the parasympathetic one is what is activated um, when we are... High performance? No. Parasympathetic is when... um, we're allowing our bodies to rest. Oh, okay. So that takes care of the digestive system. Um, and we activate that pretty simply just with some deep belly breathing. Mm-hmm. You can turn that on. And you can keep it off very simply too, right? Almost just with your mind by staying focused on... Yeah, or even say you're you just do. watching a, um, an intense movie. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you think you're relaxing, but you're actually like keeping yourself in a bit of a stress state yeah. by watching something, uh, yeah, tense or violent or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. How's your stress levels these days? Uh, you know, it comes and goes. I think 
traveling was a good kind of stressful, just in the sense that um, you had to remain, or I had to remain, like, really connected and present to my environment. So mm -hmm. I think when stresses came, there were more of that, like, short, okay, make this decision, go for it, trust yourself, um, and then it would quickly go away, mm -hmm. you know? So that was pretty healthy. I think as soon as you get out of your regular routine and commitments, it's easier to find um, a more relaxed state. Yeah. You feel like you got, you got easier as the trip went, as you got better at it as you went along? Yeah. There were definitely the couple of first weeks where we just felt like, uh, <laughs> how do we do this? You know, like, where do we want to go? How do you plan it? Like, <laughs> what are the transportation? There's no, you know, like... Yelp or a big website that you can look up to tell you things there. You know, yeah, you have right. to ask other travelers or right. ask people on the street. Um, so at first that feels kind of funny. Yeah. But then you get used to it and it feels really natural. Yeah. So you, your stress levels haven't always been uh, low. You, you've, you've had some, some stressful experiences in your life. <laughs> you've, I was thinking about your trajectory and you've pretty consistently like thrown yourself into the unknown <laughs> <laughs> and done it alone too yeah and it's you know you're the oldest and you're the only girl in the family mm. and so you were you know alone in, in that regard and then kind of as soon as you had freedom you're off to Argentina yep for a year that's right and then you had a time in Boston you had Alaska, Oregon, yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. So how have you, um, <laughs> what what has driven you to, to continue to fling yourself out there? <laughs> and are you, are you, do you feel like you're done flinging yourself? Masochism? I have no there? idea. No, uh, no I haven't. Sure. I don't think I'm done at all. I think hmm. there's something so, um, I guess there's just a quest to know more, to experience more, um, that very quickly I'll start to feel like I've sorted whatever the situation is that I'm at, and there's yeah. nothing new, there's nothing challenging yeah. there anymore, and um, I guess on some air level I must realize like I've stopped growing at that point, right. and need something new. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, there's there's definitely it's like a a, a fear, but incredible um, level of excitement with each new thing. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, it's not always graceful or <laughs> super successful. And there's definitely been times of feeling lonely or yeah. you know sad or lost in it. But all in all, um, yeah, there's there's just something very stimulating. And for me, at least, really helping. Adventure. Yeah. Adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What's the? Um, what do you do now for? For like your anchor? Like, how do you? How do you stay anchored? If you're, if you're off. Yeah. Something new. Yeah, I've gotten a lot better at um, keeping my anchor just in myself. So I think yeah. those early <laughs> adventures at like 17, 18, 19 of flinging myself out there I had 
zero anchor and was yeah. just kind of like floating with whatever wave took me at the moment, which is, I was such a baby, you know, and here I was like just going for, oh sure, yeah, that sounds great, or let's try this, and just lucky that I made it through, really. Um, So now, yeah, I I think just being more in touch with myself, and one thing I've learned too is uh, being honest enough to let people know when I'm having a hard time. I used to never do that. It was always like, oh, it's all great, you know? Um, and now I'll tell my friends if I need their support. Um, and that's, or my family, you know? And, and I've realized how much those relationships mean to me. And I make more of an effort to to keep those people close to me. So even if I'm not physically close, I'm maintaining a connection to talking on the phone or tango or email. Yeah. Um, and that makes me feel a lot more grounded. Yeah, it's yeah. good to have that little circle. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Little yeah. Martinsburg goodness. Sarnon. Yes. Yeah, so that's been. It's it's fun to think about. I've gotten to live in all these different places, and yeah. there's quite a few more. I you know I see coming up. I don't see a reason to to stop. Right, well, you, the plan is for Montreal, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that you could still do many more chapters of... I hope so. Spending I, a few months or a couple of years in different places around the world? Yeah. I mean, I think you know, six months is a good time frame. Mm-hmm. A year, if you like the spot, is an even mm-hmm. better time frame. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. but, but then more than that, I do think you get to a point, like I found that just this last time in Wellington, where... It's like, okay, if we're staying more, then it's because you want to actually, like, make a home base there. Yeah. You know, like, year, year and a half, you've gotten the best out of it. You're there long enough to make some real relationships. Um, See everything you want to see. See everything you want to see. And then more than that... Right. It's kind of... Like, putting down roots that's just going to be harder to pull up. Harder to pull up, yeah. So maybe a low capital. Yeah. So do you feel... um, do you feel a, a time where you're going to want to put down deeper roots? Yeah, I mean, right now, um, I'm excited about us looking for a place that we could call our own in yeah, Montreal. That's right. So that that'll be a big that's kind of like step little in roots. Yeah, even yeah. if we're not there all the time, at least you leave all your stuff. You yeah. know, which oh that God, feels that good. Exciting? So, so then you leave for a trip and you just kind of pack your bags instead of packing up the whole like house and shipping it somewhere. Yeah. You know, he's selling things it's like, oh, we're just bringing your suitcase and everything else stays there. So it's kind of a physical anchor, right? Um, which yeah, that's I'm looking nice. forward to. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. It's good to have something like that. Yeah. Uh, do you believe in aliens? Wow, I. Do I believe? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's pretty incredible to not believe that there's something else out there, sure. right? There's right. so many planets. Right. Um, what about other dimensions? What about the idea of, of um, another Lucy or <laughs> other lifetimes? That sort of a thing. Yeah, 
that well that reminds me did you read Natalie Lee Angle's books when I, you were younger I think I read a couple of them you were really into those I books I love those books Angle yes yeah so Arm of the Starfish wasn't that one yeah, and uh, a time. ring of endless light with the dolphins, a wrinkle in time, and it's all about that, about um, stepping through into another dimension, and you're still you, but you have a totally different role, and different people around you, it could be in the past, it could be in the future, it could be, one of her books, it was then, like, inside the human body, like, they were really? inside the mitochondria of um, this dying person's body, and they could Whoa. see the like battle for health and life oh, going cool. on in that level. Um, so really cool stuff, and I, I think, yes, I must believe in that to some extent, because yeah. those, those stories always really drew me in and seemed totally plausible yeah. to me. Yeah. Do you think about that kind of stuff much? Nowadays, not so... Not so much. No, I feel pretty um, grounded in the here and now of yeah. me. Um, but I do get the sense that there's always multiple, multiple paths um, mm. kind of active at any given point. Mm -hmm. And then wherever my awareness is going, that's the one that's going to like, boom, light up light and up. I'll take, you know, mm. maybe other ones fall off for the time being. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely have that sense. That's a, that's a good one to have. That's, that's the awareness of yourself as like the creator of the experience, right? Yeah, 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 totally. And just the idea that, you know, your intention is, um, is important. You know, because yeah. I remember when we were little, being taught that your thoughts had an impact. You know, so um, even I mean, Good I think we, I think we were taught this. I don't remember. No, I always had that thought of just yeah. if you are thinking bad thoughts about someone, it's right. just as bad as that's true. Doing we something that. harmful to them physically. You know, um, so that idea I think is stuck with me mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're going through the motions, like, oh, yeah, it's super positive, and, but inside you are angry or you're sad mm. or whatever it is, I think that, um, you know, that conflict will, will manifest at some point. Yeah. Not that yeah. it's bad to feel those things. No. I just think that if we Don't feel them, them, yeah, be, 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 like, upfront about it with yourself. Yes. Um, Absolutely. And... Also be aware that there is like a physical process that, hmm. that has to happen with like emotional things, right? Yeah. Or stressful things or that things happen in your experience and or even things could happen in your dream or whatever. Yeah. Or things could happen in other parts of the planet or something, but somehow they yeah. could affect you. And, and be stored in your body. And be stored in your body. Mm -hmm. And that there's, um, yeah, it, it oh, takes, totally. it, there's like a physical process there to get I think that injuries are a really interesting one in that way. Because a lot of times I think that's just a sign of something emotional mm. that we need to look at. You know, there's, um, who is it? Was it Marion Williamson? I'm not sure, but that idea of your... Um, like, we talk about psychosomatic things. Mm -hmm. well, I think 
everything is psychosomatic because our <laughs> consciousness is so intertwined with our physical body that mm-hmm. um, if you, you know, lower back pain, say, is a big one. Or everyone's got a different yeah. thing, you know, maybe tension the neck and shoulders, but that can all be um, just reminders of some way that maybe we've been misusing our energy, you know, um, usually like asking too much of it or an old hurt that we haven't looked at or let go of. Sports, your main sport these days is, is yoga, pretty much. Although that's maybe not a sport. Yeah. You're a bit of a sportswoman. <laughs> started with uh, wet swimming? I guess so, but I was not a swimmer. Have I told you this story? I went out for swim team at my high school my freshman year, and there was no pool yet at the school. Uh-huh. Um, and I think I knew how to swim, but we never, like, took formative swim lessons or no. were on swim teams when we yeah. were younger. So I didn't know any of the strokes. Uh-huh. And I got to the first practice, and Mom had given me <laughs> this swim cap that was one of those, like, old-fashioned ones with a little strap no way. <laughs> And I had a pair of goggles, so I don't think they were really good. And I got there, and the first thing, Mr. Thompson, the coach, um, he had everyone swim 25 laps just because he wanted to get a sense of where people were at Uh so people are sprinting past doing these super efficient flip turns you know and I'm like oh my god what did I get myself into so I like lower myself into the pool and I totally remember like getting to the end and just hanging on to the side (laughs) catching my breath and then pushing off going into the way like swallowing water as I go um it really can, <laughs> yeah. So I survived. You know, I got a better swim cap, and I actually learned how to swim. Although I don't think I ever really got butterfly or backstroke. Yeah, oh, well. backstroke was tough for me. <laughs> but then I f- you were pretty, you were pretty good. You really cruised in some freestyle stuff. Yeah, right? freestyle breaststroke. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that led into when I later took up triathlon. Yeah, knowing how to swim made a huge yeah. difference, and and all you have to do for that is freestyle. <laughs> so right. it's great, and no flip turns right. involved. Right. <laughs> so I like that a lot better. And in between that was crew, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Rowing and a little bit, of, a little bit of cross country. And you had some serious, uh, you had some serious battles in crew. You guys went to national championships, didn't you? Yeah, when we in when I was Boston? in high school. Um, that was no, that was in the Midwest somewhere. I think oh, really? we went to like a lake. Maybe we flew into Detroit, or mm-hmm. I don't remember where we went to. But yeah, the 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 um, junior high school national championships for that for lightweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys get like second? We got second. Oh, yeah, man. we didn't quite make still? it. I just had that feeling of, and it's not a good feeling. But at the end, wondering if I had given like 
everything, everything I could actually give, you know? You did. And weren't mm. you stroking the boat? I was stroking the boat. Jesus. Which was... And it was close? <laughs> it was close, yeah. 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 The haunting, uh, the haunting sports <laughs> moments. Oh, but you don't lose any sleep yeah. No. no, I don't. And that was so good for me. Um, rowing was... I absolutely loved it, you know? I think that was the first time I, like, learned to access my willpower. Um, which you do want to be careful about overusing, I think, you know? Like, it was in my 20s, I then had to kind of, like... I can say that because I'm 30 now. So in my <laughs> 20s, I had to learn to to back off a little bit on the, like, really intense willpower over the body to get things done. Yeah. But as a teenager, learning that, and then through the early 20s, that was huge. It's, like, the most empowering thing in the world, you know? And I think especially for girls, it's such a healthy thing to mm. to access and learn about. Yeah, there aren't a lot of sports where that... Well, there are a lot of sports, but, like, it doesn't come into play so directly in more of the skill ball sports, it seems. Yeah, that's true. There's something else where that, like, digging deep kind of a thing. That's that true. more in the rowing or cross country or, which you did a little cross country didn't you yeah like, uh, yeah Sac State. yeah that was not, I started that because I had gotten quite a kind of a, a lower back injury with rowing uh huh and so then I just run a lot and then I just <laughs> <laughs> which worked for a little while uh-huh. and then it kind of caught up to me again but that was another one where I just like went on to the, the cross country team at Sac State which was a NCAA Division 1 team so not like wow a, you know, um, a rather high-level team. Not pansies out there. And I remember my first race, I think, the coach saying that, like, yeah, you, you know, she saw me, I think, at the one-mile mark. And so cross-country is um, 5K, so like 3.1, 3.2 miles. Mm-hmm. And that I was looking a little panicked <laughs> at one-mile point because that's when I realized people are going to be running at that pace for the whole time. For the whole time wow. And I kind of had enough of that point already, but... Cross country was also um, the first experience I've had of coming in last, like dead last in a race. Wow. We flew to Montana. That was for the big sky, the division we were in, the Uh championships. Uh And I had told the coach before this, I had, my back was starting to act up again. And I told him, you know, I don't think I'm up for it. Um, And he's like, no, Lucy, you'll be fine. We really need you. You have to bring a roster. I think there were like seven of us or Uh five of us. And I just had this real doubt going into it. And then we get there, and it's high altitude as mm-hmm. well, so you feel a little weak from the start. And I was not just the last on my team. I was actually, oh. I don't think I'm making this up. I'm pretty sure I was actually like the last one to cross the finish line. last? <laughs> I was know. Was it like you're running with I old know. people or something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that give me a lot of empathy, though, for... for um, yeah, for what that feels like. Yeah. So it was probably a good thing for me. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, I'm sure it was. And it's different than the last place where it's like people that never had a shot anyway, and it's just an achievement that they competed. Yes. Everyone's like cheering for them. Yeah. No, this was like <laughs> this was embarrassing. Aww. You know, this was people were kind of clapping for me, and I was just like, oh god, I don't oh, want anyone to look yeah. at me. Like, do I have to cross the finish line? Can I just kind of like <laughs> take an alternate route through the trees oh. and meet you guys back at the hotel? <laughs> and then triathlons, 
but and you had some, it was a success in there, right? That must have felt pretty good. That felt so good. That's something that um, I would love to get back into. Although yeah. I think it's hard when you've, when you've done something really competitively to then find a way to do it. You've probably experienced this with like soccer. Um, to then find a way to do it recreationally yeah. in an enjoyable yeah. way. That's really hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, is there, um, I mean, I imagine there's still some competitive. Oh, totally. I mean, there's tons of just, you know, races that you can get into. But if you're, that's you're thinking maybe you'd like to be able to find a way to do it not as competitively, more for the enjoyment where you're not having to do all this. Yeah, more for the enjoyment. Because you're going to come up against people that are, like, devoting their lives. Exactly. And then I have to be okay with the fact that they will be faster than me. Yeah, right. And just enjoy doing which I've always, like, absolutely loved racing and triathlon. Like, the, the feeling of doing it the whole time through, I feel just so alive and so happy. Yeah. Um, in love with, like, the world. Yeah. So, I think that feeling is still there cool. for me. And I'd like to, to get a little piece of it back. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, it would. Yeah, pretty much. You just have to stop me before I start, like... <laughs> getting into the heart rate monitor and right. you know taking it too far you pretty much I've pretty much given up uh, definitely my uh, competitive competitive sports well that's not true actually I just ordered sports goggles <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think I, I did at one point have like actual aspirations of being a professional athlete yeah. Well, I, you're talented, game. I had some lower. It wasn't too far fetched. Mm. So, kibosh on that career. <laughs> but I'm glad. For, I'm glad for it. I don't know. That's an interesting. Uh, it's a different lifestyle. I think about professional athletes and that being your life. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be easy. It would be great, no. but it'd be kind of weird. Because you wouldn't, you're in a way kind of limited to where you are and your schedule events and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that fear, which, you know, I had when I, I think I must have had kind of a chronic fatigue thing at one point, post really intense triathlon training, where all of a sudden you can't do your thing. So when you're a professional athlete and at some point you're injured or you can no longer compete and you might have lost your identity. Yeah. Um, or you've definitely lost your identity as an athlete. Yeah, that's so scary. then finding <laughs> who am I uh, besides this, this, yeah, this person. Yeah. But it's all good learning stuff. Yeah. And competing is fun. Competing is really fun. Even if it's just against yourself, you know, for, for the thrill of it. it it feels good. Yeah, it gives you the butterflies in your stomach. Mm-hmm. Which you don't get in regular life very mm-hmm. often. It's quite a feeling. I like mm-hmm. to get. Yeah, I feel like there's something so good for you when you get that. You know, when you like do something you're scared of. Yeah, I mean, you've been dabbling in that, though. I think, you know, it's public speaking, um, performing, all of that. Those are other ways. As well, yeah, of getting, absolutely. you know, and you have to access that kind of flow state, I think, to to do it well. You know, if you're doing it well, you're totally connected mm-hmm. in 
uh, yet sharing that with the group of people. Right. Yeah. yeah. So last last topic uh, is the future, and you, the word on the street is you're thinking about possibly having children at some point. <laughs> I am too. We're course. going there. <laughs> I think we should. Okay. Well, what do you think yeah. about this world for for the next gen? And uh, yeah. yeah, how do you see? We talked about this a little bit the other day, like a different way to have kids. And yeah. What are, you kinda, what are your thoughts on that these days? Well, my thoughts on that these days are that the biological clock is a real thing. Mm-hmm. I always thought it wasn't. But then right on cue, I turned 30 and started seeing babies. Uh-huh. Um, but that I... Um, I think I want to do it, not like reinvent the wheel, but yeah. the models that I've seen of having families and that meaning that the parents give up their identity, right. that they move to the suburbs, yeah. That they spend their afternoons and weekends showing the kids around and do stuff. That does not feel, yeah. you know, because I, I don't think anyone, I mean, we obviously had a great childhood, I think, and mm-hmm. most people grew up with that, but I think there's possibly a better way to do it, at least for me. Yeah. Um, which involves treating your kids like little adults to a certain yes, extent. That's it. That's the idea. <laughs> right? Yeah. Early, start early on. Yeah. Start expecting that they're going to kind of sort some of their own stuff out themselves that yes. everything doesn't have to like be externalized and dealt with by the parents yes yeah now I'm loving that uh, book you recommended the chronicles oh, the yeah. story of the beatnik boy and his parents um which is you know an extreme version of that yeah but then traveling you know to a new place every few months every right. at least I don't think they stay more than a year in one place at a time. Right, and three little boys. Yeah. No, like, secure job, sort of, wherever they go, just showing up. and. Yeah. But they seem to thrive, at least so far in the story. They're doing well. Yeah. So you think there's a way to do that in the the modern uh, world? I think so, right? I mean, the reason that we feel like it has to be this big stressful thing is because... Anytime you see a commercial or a movie, it shows kids as, like, this hectic thing, right? And the guy's trying to escape it, and yeah. the woman is feeling overwhelmed, and no one has time for themselves, and it just looks horrible. Yeah, or when you see kids at restaurants. Yeah. Movies. Yeah. But you're right, that the, the way it's portrayed. Yeah. What's your vision of it? Uh, I'm similarly not attracted to the way I see it happening a lot. Yeah. The the idea of having to set up this really stable, um, impervious... Fortress. Fortress, yeah, to plant your seeds in. Um, I love the idea of some some movement. Yeah, from the early age, kids feeling kind of in control of their own destinies and empowered to make decisions. I think part of that has to be that they're allowed to experience some of the repercussions of their decisions, Yeah, that's right, to make mistakes. That's gotta be, yeah, part of it. 
you gotta get them exposed on the table a little bit <laughs> the elements which I'm sure is tough you know I'm sure all this yes. is easier said than done because yes, of course you don't want your little kid to like fall down and skin no. their knees or you know no. but if in doing so you know it saves them from um, doing something really stupid later on because they've never had to learn what happens yeah. when I do this or when I run on wet surfaces <laughs> or you right. know, whatever it is then I think it's probably a good thing yeah well you're going to be a great mama it's a really exciting thought. It is a really exciting thought. And then it'll you'll you'll eventually be back in California, right? <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. Yeah, yeah. Real estate is definitely more expensive around yeah, these parts. But for um you know, for temporary like work contracts. Yeah. San Francisco's anyway. a good base for that. Yeah, and also I'd like to I'd like to let go of that idea of like the eventual place where then after which there is no change. You know what I mean? Like where right. you end up or the person you end up with. Right. I guess I kind of would like to throw that out. Although I do definitely want a specific sort of place and a specific person to you know, to breed with. <laughs> yeah, me too. But that hopefully too. that that's, that's a phase and there are many more to follow. Right, that that, that place, um, you know, yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be the, the place for, for the entire year, your adult life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it all unfolds. <laughs> but then there's something appealing about those people that, like, you know, grew up in, say, that little island in... Uh, off of Greece or in uh-huh. Italy and have lived in the same village that their sure. grandparents lived in and that kind of place and roots is super appealing at the same point yeah you know but um, and it takes a real it takes a long time to I mean to feel have that sort of a feeling uh, like I think about well, you know, you were just talking about that timeline of how, how long you guys were in New Zealand. And, yeah. Um, of course, Wellington's kind of a small town in a way. Yeah, pretty accessible for, for finding but community. But it takes a while. I mean, the idea of, like, having your kids having friends, you know, that to me seems like well, really a challenge. Like, how do you make that happen? And I don't want it to be a kind of thing where I have to, like, Moves or like yeah, <laughs> arrange play dates and yeah. like make yeah. friends for my kids. Yeah, not all to just happen <laughs> spontaneously. You know, I think it can. One example of a I think um, progressive family was this couple, um, Anna and Renee from Germany, who had come over to work uh, at Weta as well in New Zealand, and they brought their two kids with them. And so Elena was. I think when they came and Julian was 11 or 12 and they just stayed for a year and when the kids first got there they didn't speak any English I remember seeing them at dinner within like a week of them arriving and um, Julian was just on his little whatever some kind of device watching something so he couldn't really talk to the adults Uh and Elena was really shy Uh well fast forward a year later they're both totally fluent 
Julian doesn't want to leave because he's made such good oh, friends really? there. Oh. Elena's happy, like flits around, just going back and forth between English and German, has all these little girlfriends she plays with. Oh. Um, and, you know, that happened. I don't know how much work Anna had to do to make that happen. Yeah. But I think it was just kind of naturally within their schools. Um, That's cool. So kids are way more resilient than we give them credit for. Yeah, it's um, true. So, you know, they'll now have had that amazing experience to, mm-hmm. to look back upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, should we close up with some advice? Yes. Is there well, anything in particular you uh, wanted to talk about? You know, no, nothing I can think about. So I thought I might just give you, um, like, these are imaginary letters <laughs> from people that want health and wellness advice from Lucy. Cool. I'm just going to... Dear Lucy, <laughs> I just started my sophomore year of high school and I have acne all over my face. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's really putting a damper on things. I can't stop thinking about it. Sometimes I pop them. Is it good to pop my pimples? <laughs> and what can I do? Well, I'm so glad you asked. We've all been there. (laughs) We have. You know, unless you're blessed with perfect skin, and that's probably one of the worst things to deal with. But it can get better. I think that um, your diet could be a really huge thing uh, that you could change in your favor. Uh Um, So stabilizing your blood sugar levels is probably the biggest one. Um, and that would involve just making sure that you're eating complex carbohydrates mm-hmm. instead of simple ones. So staying away from a lot of ice cream or cookies or even like power bars and chow mix and mm-hmm. breakfast cereal and going for, um, you know, a little bit more, uh, emphasis on whole foods. Um, so that might start to have a difference. And then I am of the don't pop them. Good, me too. <laughs> Let them do their thing, yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think popping can lead to scarring. Yeah. And it can also lead to kind of infection and then it like builds up again. Oof. Um, oh, anything worse than that? That, that visual? <laughs> <He's thinking laughs> Imagine that. that. Oh, your little visceral reaction, yeah. Oh, okay. brother. Uh, dear Lucy, <laughs> I... I'm ready to have a baby, and we finally have enough money. I am a woman, and <laughs> I want <laughs> children now. And we've been off birth control for weeks, and had lots of sex, and I'm still not pregnant. <laughs> what do I do? Oh man, that um, yeah. So getting off birth control is a huge one there that was a good a good first step Step but you know it can then take a year you know for it could be that that her um she might not even be ovulating you know so all the sex in the world if you're not actually ovulating then there's never an egg ready to be fertilized does the pill stop you from ovulating the pill stops you from ovulating so the the bleed or the period that you get on a pill isn't an actual, like, 
egg that then you know was prepared and then lost and bled out mm -hmm. it's just a um, kind of withdrawal bleed so it doesn't actually correspond to mm -hmm. something that's happening hormonally in your body which mm -hmm. is awful so we're kind of tricked into thinking that like everything's still natural and healthy and basically right. in the pill your body hasn't had to um, communicate like the, the hormones and the reproductive organs haven't been in communication for however long you've been on the pill so it can take quite a while for that connection, connection to be reestablished so in the wow. meanwhile um, you know, making sure that you have a really nutrient-rich diet. Lots of fats can help for that. Mm -hmm. Lots of um, restorative activities, too, you know, to balance your hormones. Um, and probably not a, a, a focus on an end result at this point, other than both the woman and her partner getting as healthy as possible. Yeah. So... Would you recommend, do you recommend the pill for No. Women? Yeah, I think that's one of the worst things that um, has happened to our generation because we were put on it really young, you know, for either acne or for, for uncomfortable cycle issues like bad cramping or pain when really that's a sign that something is off in the beginning. So we gave the girl a chance to, say, work with a naturopath or a nutrition or someone who could help understand okay, so why am I camping, you know, what can we do to um, relieve this and solve the problem um, instead of just, like, putting a kibosh on the whole, on, on those hormones. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. I think... Yeah, it yeah. seems like such an extreme thing. It really is. <clears throat> it really is. But we, we're, we're giving it so, like, nonchalantly yeah. and told it, well, then as soon as you, you know, want to have a baby, just stop taking it. Yeah. And... For 99 percent of people, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Have you heard? This is this is uh, on the other side of the, the game. Have you heard about the idea of, of men having orgasms without ejaculating? I have. That's kind of a tantric. Yeah, philosophy. or Taoist. And Taoist, yeah. So yeah. isn't it nice to think about like young people being empowered with that knowledge and like yeah. guys like having really good control over that yeah. and then like just that not necessarily being a part of sex yeah because we're taught that it's so scary right like oh my god anytime you have sex you make your pain like yeah. i remember being terrified yeah. about that about yeah. getting pregnant sure and not having any idea of the science of my own body to know like because when i'm actually fertile which is right. only a few days out of each month so if you actually know your cycle yeah and track it and there's um you know natural fertility planning or you know, unfertility funny if you're using it as a contraception, uh -huh. um, is a really reliable way of doing it. You know, it involves some self-responsibility, which I think is why the medical community is scared of that, because they sure. underestimate people and think that they can't take care of themselves. Yeah. Um, but if you learn how to use it, and then, yeah, guys, on the other hand, learning what methods or techniques there are for controlling ejaculation, mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. I do, too. Yeah. yeah. That's the future. Or we can just promote abstinence only. <laughs> 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 well, that's the ideal, say. obviously. Yeah, but <laughs> if you must, then. If you absolutely must. <laughs> um, all right, so final thing here. What are some things people can do that um, are simple, that can help them uh, feel 
healthier, some sort of simple diet things or simple things that don't take that long or things they can do at their desk or ways they can just approach their day. Cool, yeah. One of my favorites is starting off your day with some warm water and lemon juice or uh, yeah. cold water and apple cider vinegar. So the idea with that is that it increases the acidity of your stomach okay. and just strengthens your digestive power. So then you're starting off your day with a stomach that's ready to go, with a digestive system that's ready to go. Um, so we're talking like a half a lemon here? Uh, or even a quarter, a quarter. you know? A glass um, warm water. Warm water. Yeah. Right in the beginning of the day. Right in the beginning. And then yeah. give yourself, you know, a good 20 minutes or so before you eat as you sip on that. So, uh, okay. Um, prime, the, prime the system. Exactly. While you are um, putting on the kettle to make that warm water, you can take some deep belly breaths just while you're standing in the kitchen. So, yeah. you know, inhaling for five, exhale for five, maybe even exhale for the mouth. So that deep breathing is another mm. huge one you can do anywhere. Yeah. And I'm it seems so simple. No, you forget just... about it. It's like, oh yeah, breathing. Okay. Yeah. But if you actually take like a big inhale and a big exhale, you can feel your body relax. You can feel where maybe you had some tension. My other favorite one is putting my legs up the wall. Yeah, <laughs> I do that like pretty frequently. Um, so that's another nice way to bring more blood flow to our digestive system, to our reproductive organs, um, and putting your legs above your heart, you know, it increases the, the venous return, so the blood that's like flowing back and getting flushed out of your system, the and it's venous, also, oh, um, so coming up the veins? Coming from the veins, yeah. yeah. Um, so instead of your body having to work to send it back, it's getting sent back by gravity, uh, instead of the other way around, yeah. and it's so relaxing. Um, and uh, a great yeah, way a to, great yeah. Especially if you spend a lot of time on your feet or a lot of time sitting. Yeah, so great way to unwind before bed. Hmm. So that's good for you. Those are good ones. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're so lucky. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, any uh, anything else we should cover? Oh, I think we're about right good. on time. Okay. You feel good? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, Lucy. Thanks. It's really, okay. really fun. Well, folks, wasn't that lovely? What a lovely human being. Lucy Roberts, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. You can find Lucy online. Her website is lucyroberts.net, and she has a nice blog going, and she posts, if you are in uh, the city where she uh, next sets up camp, um, you can find classes that she'll be teaching near you. And if you aren't in that city, you can buy a plane ticket to travel across the world to that city and, and show up at one of her yoga or Pilates classes. And I think you'll find it's well worth it. Um, one note uh, is that the the correct pronunciation of that word I wanted to use in the beginning is, this is from Google, Progenitor. I'll give it to you one more time. Progenitor. It's spelled P-R-O-G-E-N-I-T-O-R. That's what I was looking for. 
Thanks, folks. That's all for now. Again, the website is GabeRobertsArt.com, and the email address is GabeRobertsArt at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.